Greetings, friends, and welcome to Building Tradition, a podcast from Traditional Building Magazine and TraditionalBuilding.com, which serve the professionals and enthusiasts who work in our $170 billion market for residential, commercial, and institutional historic restoration, renovation, and period construction. It's in this market space where we shine a light on the best design and craftsmanship produced by architects, builders, and building artisans. A lot of the best work appears in the pages of traditional building, especially in this summer's annual Palladio Awards issue, which presents the winners of the 2023 Palladio Awards. What does it take to win a Palladio Award? Who wins? Who judges the awards to decide on the winners? How is the Palladio Awards program different from other design competitions? We're talking about all of this today with Peter Zimmerman of Peter Zimmerman Architects, a full-service residential design firm on Philadelphia's main line. It was founded in 1982. PZA designs everything from palaces to pool houses, wineries, equestrian centers, guest cottages, and family compounds. Their work is rooted in historical architectural traditions of classical proportion and scale. It's beautifully crafted. PZA has won six, count them, six Palladio Awards, as well as several Trumbauer, Jacques Benedict, and Preservation Awards. Peter has also served as a juror for design competitions. Welcome, Peter Zimmerman. Thank you for having me. Um, one slight correction, we've actually won seven. Seven. <laughs> that must have been before my time. It must have. Well, congratulations. But thank you. Well, um, that's that's a good segue, Peter, into my next question. I know uh, all about the golf house, which you won a Palladio for just last month. But tell us about some of the other projects that have won design competitions, whether Palladio or not, and what they all have in common. Well, the, the Palladio Award, I think, is, I believe it's considered one of the most prestigious awards given nationwide for traditional and um, architecture that relates to um, Palladio's teachings, which is where our basis of architecture, as you said, it's based in uh, traditional architecture proportion scale, all of which really came down through the architect Palladio. Um, the, the, the projects that have won are very diverse in terms of their stylistic approaches. Um, the previous one that we won in 19, 2018 was a new house out in Jackson, Wyoming, which was um, a log house appropriate for that particular environment. So I think Palladio not only takes a look at the architecture, Palladio Award not only takes a look at the architecture, but they also take a look at the siting, the relationship to the site. So it's not just the, the historic architecture, it's also the, the appropriate use of that architecture in the place where you're building. Architecture of its place. I remember that cabin. I think that might have been the one that won both a Palladio and a Jacques Benedict. Am I right? It did, um, which is the ICAA equivalent in the... Um, Rocky Mountain chapter of ICAA. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite of all the ones that have won? <clears throat> Boy, if, if any of my clients listen to this, they wouldn't want to hear that I have a favorite. 
Oh, you love favorite, you love all your children equally. Yep. I do. Um, the favorite one, my favorite one, is the one we haven't yet won. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> There's always next year. When yeah. when you win an award, uh, do you crack a bottle of champagne in your conference room? How do you? How does your team celebrate? Um, I really, I think what we do, we don't crack a bottle of champagne, but um, I sit down once I receive the information and I try to put together an email that goes throughout the company talking about the project, um, sort of how it started and really the person within the office who was most responsible for the execution of that project. not only the completion of the, the, the construction documents, but taking it all the way through construction. So it really is more about us celebrating an individual in the office who was associated with that project. And when you've been a juror, uh, what do you what do you look for as a juror of any competition? I too look back, and I think. That's potentially where we differ from many architects that do traditional architecture. I think I I try to look, stand back and really look at the big picture first. And that's the relationship of the architecture to the site. And in fact, it really uh, needs to be absolutely seamless um, and, and be a piece of architecture that looks like it couldn't have existed on any other site other than the one that's built on. So I think these pieces of architecture, although you can do beautiful reproduction or recreations or new old houses, I think the thing that's most difficult to get is how those buildings related to the sites. Um, and so I start back at the, at the big picture and the relationship of the architecture to the site, um, particularly when I'm uh, in a jury or I'm reviewing architecture within the office uh, when we do internal critiques. Well, back to your own work, um, you've won a few awards that I recall for sympathetic addition or what, what I'll call a sensitive renovation. So um, I guess that makes the relationship to the site a little easier when you're working on something existing. Um, it, it, it does in one respect um, that, that you're absolutely correct that um, of the only one of the uh, Palladio Awards that we've won, which was for a new house, um, have all been sympathetic renovations and additions. Um, it's it's ultimately that although we can only submit them into additions and renovations, many of them we have taken down 75% of the existing structures, um, oftentimes peeling away later additions back to the original piece of architecture that existed on the site and start building up from there. So many of these additions and renovations actually are are potentially 75% of the total project is new architecture. Um, So the the additions are large enough that their interaction with the site is much more substantial actually than the original architecture. That was certainly true of the Golf House, which we've just published. Uh, I remember being struck by the vision you had to move that stairway so that you had a view through the front door all the way out to the back door. That connected the building to its site for sure. There's no question. I mean, I I believe and and I I think we found the research to uh, substantiate that 
that that stair that was put in was a later addition. That was not part of the original house. Um, so very oftentimes it is peeling away the later additions and the later modifications that have occurred with these houses back to uh, a, the structure or the bones where you can really start to rebuild it. Do you enter every project you complete into a design competition or do you pick and choose? And if you pick and choose, how do you choose? Um, no, we don't. Um, we, we issue approximately 45 job numbers a year on different projects. So we, we certainly don't submit everything. We, we internally put together projects that fill the completion criteria for the different awards. And I think they have to be completed, I don't know whether it's a year um, uh, before you submit them or no more than a year. And we then pull up those projects and myself and one or two of the other principals get together and really decide which ones are worth the, the time and effort to submit and prepare a submission for an award. So we usually start with three or four that are being considered. Um, and we then narrow it down to the ones that we think best fulfill the description uh, given by the particular competition. You know, you mentioned that you're drawing uh, what will probably turn out to be a modern house. Have you ever juried a modern design competition? I haven't. Um, I'd love to. Um, I really believe that good architecture is not necessarily the, the clothes that we put on the outside of it, the style that it's selected, that you're working within. It's, it's much more basic and fundamental. Um, and it has to do with proportion, scale, harmony, shadow, light, texture, smooth, all of which are, exist in modern architecture as well. Uh, so in fact, uh, I would take those same principles and transfer them to a more modern building just as I would a traditional building. There's a special, what I'll call materiality about your work, um, just beautiful materials, whether it's terracotta roofs or Pennsylvania schist. Uh, is that a difficult sell with clients to use those, that, that level of quality material? It is in some, some instances. I mean, for many, for a long time, Peter, you know, the traditional architects, we never got a seat at this table when it came to sustainability and uh, within, within the construction world. I think that's changed tremendously. Um, our buildings really are designed to last 100 years. Um, and the use of terracotta tile or stone or some of those materials that last longer um, when we talk to our clients about the longevity of buildings, um, so many of the, the platinum uh, buildings that are built today, they're really built to last 20 to 30 years. Um, they're, they're not buildings that are going to hold the test of time, um, not only in terms of where they're located, but the materials they're built with. So I think the, the world of sustainability and construction have really started to look at the buildings that are built that really do outlive some of those more platinum buildings because they last three times longer. So immediately they're three times more sustainable if they're going to live three times longer. 
by mentioning platinum, I think you mean lead platinum, which is sort, of, platinum the, sort yeah. of the, the yeah. standard for sustainable building. And I think you're right that they're finally realizing that durability, which is what your materials have, is sustainability. It doesn't wind up in a landfill. It doesn't wear out in 20 years. That's correct. I mean, it, it, it may not be, um, it may use um, more energy in terms of where we're able to source it and the, the manufacturing of it, but you're correct. It does not go into landfills for so much more than other plat- lead platinum certified buildings. You, you probably already touched on this in your first answer, Pete, but um, I mean, what makes Palladio different from other competitions you've considered entering or juried? It's national, um, where many of the other awards that we submit for are um, regional in that they are oftentimes related to a particular chapter of the ICAA, the American Institute for Classical Architecture. Uh, So it, it really puts you in a stage where you are being judged not only uh, against buildings that are done by people within your region, but there, I remember a number of Palladio award winners that were uh, houses built in Texas. And immediately when you looked at them, you were very aware that they were working with the same design criteria that we are working with. The one we did was a log house. Um, I think the, the way we approached it was again, the uh, starting with the, the whole notion of the, the cultural and historic landscape that exists. Um, this happened to be in Wyoming. So in fact, we, we had the architecture really hark back to some of the original homesteaded log houses. So in fact, we weren't trying to create these new, big, very large uh, log houses that are being built in that part of the world. We really look back at the historic traditions of log houses within that region. Uh, have you ever served on a jury where after the call them semifinal entries were narrowed down, you then deliberated with the other jurors about the pros and cons of each project. Were you ever talked into liking something by another juror? Yes and no. I mean, I think I think other jurors have brought up other uh, historic uh, precedents or relationships to the site or some other element which I hadn't considered as strongly as they had considered in their deliberation. So in fact, um, I think it is as it was in school when, when you are, you know, in a jury and you're trying to defend your own work. Um, it's true when you're a judge in a competition, you are, you are making an argument as to why you think this project is better given the overall criteria than another. Um, but in fact, it, it really, comes down to that you are accepting, because there are usually four or five jurors, uh, that in fact, um, I, I love a benevolent dictatorship, but unfortunately that's not how a jury works. <laughs> um, so in fact, whether I've been uh, you know, brought around to, to uh, signing off on a project that I don't think deserved an award, that's never happened. Was it my favorite project in, the, in that, um, category. Um, there are some projects that have won that weren't my favorite, but it was clearly the majority of the jurors uh, believe that it, it was. Now, you mentioned you like to acknowledge 
the people on your team who are the most responsible for the execution of an award-winning project, and that that's a good morale builder for your team. But what does it mean to your clients when you win an award, or even prospective clients? Does it help? I, I don't know. I mean, we don't, when we're being interviewed by a client, we don't bring up um, the awards that we've won. We have them listed um, on our website. Um, when we win, they're, they're posted on our social media sites. Um, I believe it is comes into play in their decision, um, particularly if they're looking for something that is appropriate to the site and the location where they're building. What advice would you give to other designers about entering design competitions? I think you need to dedicate the resources within the office to really put together the presentation, which fully allows the jurors to understand where the project started, where it stopped, and how you got from point A to point B. Um, And so I think it's dedicating the time and effort within the office. Um, I would bet we, whoever we, and it's typically not the the person who was involved in the project who does the submissions, but we we will have someone probably dedicate um, 180 hours of their time putting together a full presentation for the warp submission. So it's it's a fairly strong dedication of not only a single individual, but the principals who are involved and myself really trying to pull together something that, that is a good representation, not only of the project, but of your office. Do you use the same professional photographer for all of your work? Um, we have been um, in, in the Philadelphia region, which is where our primary office is. We've, we've used a gentleman who's no longer with us, uh, Tom Crane, who I think was the best uh architectural photographer in the Philadelphia region. So he did all of our work for many years. We have, we have, we have gone to a new person locally. Um, oftentimes um, we select photographers that may be more regionally appropriate for the project. Uh, so in fact, we selected a, a woman, Audrey Hall in, um, she's from Bozeman, Montana to photograph a house that we did in uh, Sun Valley, Idaho. We selected other people who are um, closer to the projects uh, potentially than photographers coming from Philadelphia. Right. Yeah, I want to go back to something you said, Pete, about um, the importance of your entry showing the progression of a project. How did you get from A to Z, I think you said? And I can tell you from my own experience being a judge that uh, if I can't see that, even if I can tell by one or two photographs that it's a great-looking project, it's hard to judge it unless they tell the whole story from A to Z. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we, we, have, we, have, we have selected two projects in this office that we were submitting for the same competition. Um, and not only is it trying to do the same quality for each project, but we actually try to make those submissions look entirely different from a graphic point of view. Um, and so... We, we try to distinguish each individual project, not that it's a Peter Zimmerman Architects project, but each project on its own right has a personality which should come through the submission as well. Yeah, in, in the renovation category or sympathetic addition category, which you've done so well at, um, 
the before and after is important. I like to see the before. I want to see shaded floor plans so I can tell, you know, what was left alone, what was torn out and redone, what's been new. That's And sometimes that doesn't come across in the entry. Well, and if, if you're really doing it well, you shouldn't be able to see the, the, the difference between the old and new. It should be absolutely seamless. Right. So unless you point out that, oh, no, we tore this stair out, for instance, or we tore this wing down and rebuilt it, it shouldn't appear to the casual observer that it's not absolutely one single project. Right. So last question, Peter, what's, what's next for PZA architects? Do you have a vision for the next five years? Yes, um, I do. I, I, I love the, the practice of architecture design. Um, I'm at a point that I'm, I'm beginning to slow down in terms of my involvement in any of the business aspects of the company. I, I have five young principals who are really stepping up in that field, allowing me to, to solely do what I'd like to do, which is design. Um, so over the next five years, I'm transitioning out of not the marketing, because I love meeting with clients and starting projects and working with people. And I obviously love the design. But I'm really stepping away and handing the reins over to another generation. I hope Peter Zimmerman Architects is, has another 40, 50 years in its run as well um, in terms of producing and develop, producing architecture, but also developing um, as we have uh, the employees in our company. I mean, the, the five new principals all have been with, with PZA for over 26 years each. Wow. So it really is the old classical atelier where it really is a, we, we bring in people and we spend a lot of time and effort really, you know, teaching them and pulling them along in the tradition that we are working in. So that's very important within our own company is the, the continued apprenticeship and bringing people along. Well, from where I sit, it looks like that will all come to pass. You've laid a great foundation and a, and a great legacy and good for you for being able to do what you love most. Thank you so much, Peter. This has been fun. All the best for your continued success. Thank you, Peter. It's, a, it's an always a joy to see and, and speak with you. I'm Pete Miller, and you're listening to Building Tradition, brought to you by Traditional Building Magazine. Subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you.